This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's the show that goes around the horn with your Minnesota Twins, with insight from the decision makers in the dugout and in the front office. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. A couple of legends here in studio with us this morning. The show is Inside Twins from our network headquarters here at Target Field, just off the Thompson Reuters Champions Club. Again, Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. How memories are created, legends are made. Twins legends Justin Morneau. And LaTroy Hawkins in studio. We've stolen you guys from television. You're going to get all prettied up and carry Dick Bremer for nine innings here this afternoon at Target Field as the Twins try to win a series from the Angels for the first time since 2019. Guys, we got the opportunity to get you both in here to talk a little bit about just kind of the season in general. And then our second segment, we'll, we'll discuss a little bit what's to come because you guys know the postseason well. And you guys are both intricately involved in this club. And I'll start with you, Hawk. Uh, you were with this team a lot in spring training. Did you see what you felt were the right pieces, the right personalities that you felt could coalesce into this type of a division-winning club? Well, I know that once we brought in, uh, brought back Carlos, that we was going to try to uh, pretty much have the same chemistry and culture that we had last year, which is off the charts. I mean, he makes everybody else around him better. Uh, even when he's not having a great game, you'll never tell because he's so invested in his teammates. Uh, but I just knew one thing. I knew we had pitching. I knew we had pitching, and that's something that this organization hadn't had in a very long time. Um, we had some good pitchers, but throughout the roster of starting pitchers and the bullpen guys, when you look at that, you say to yourself, they have a chance from that, that aspect of the game. And if you can pitch and catch the ball in this league, that bodes well for – uh, that breeze winning and uh, hitting wise, I mean, we've always had hitting, so I never even doubted our our ability to swing the bat because that's one thing we've always done. We've always hit. It's always been pitching that we've always lacked, and we had that. And it's like, okay, well, this is the year. Well, we got off to a slow start, but you see the guys is just they hung in there. They kept battling. They changed their approach a little bit and did the little things that they needed to do to continue to get better. And the pitching held on, and. Ended up winning a, a division championship and on to the playoffs. Morning, when I when I hear Hawk talking, again, the pitching piece of the puzzle, right, that rings true to the clubs that you start on in the middle of the lineup. Always had solid pitching, never, aside from maybe after Johan left, before Johan left, had that, that front-line guy. But I look at this staff, Pablo and Sonny, it's not just one punch, it's a one-two punch right out of the gate. And even if it's not win totals or, or whatever pitching metric you like, you're in every single game with those guys. Yeah, I mean, the ability to strike people out, I think, in today's game is, is one of the – forever it seemed like we drafted college college pitchers who could throw strikes that were going to pitch to contact and we were going to trust our defense and we were going to we were going to catch the ball and we were going to try and get them to hit the ball on the ground. And that philosophy kind of – it seemed like it followed us for a while. And now we have a bunch of guys who can strike people out. And it's 
I mean, we've seen it so many times this year, this year with both Sonny and Pablo's. They get second and third, nobody out, and all of a sudden, strikeout, strikeout, pop up, inning over. Where in the past, a pitch to contact that might end up in one or two runs. The guys just being able to put the ball in play, so they can miss bats. They have this ability to at any point to just take over a game completely. And now we have the ability to win a game one nothing, two to one, ten to eight if we need to. But it's 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 such a you know you know confidence inducing thing for an offense if you have. If you know that your starting pitcher is going to go into the sixth inning and that it's going to be somewhere around three runs or less, and you're going to, you know, it just takes a little pressure off the offense of like, we're going to have to score five runs to be in this thing in the fifth inning, and and that you don't have that feeling, and I, I think it's finally kind of balanced out with the pitching and the hitting are working together at the same time. Earlier in the year, the pitching was carrying the team. Middle part of the season, the offense was carrying the pitching a little bit. And now everyone's kind of clicking on the same page at the right time. And I think this team is uh, – it's exciting for me. I get asked about it a lot. and I, you know, This is the deepest team we've had in a long time. You've got 100-mile-an-hour arms in the bullpen, multiple guys down there that can throw in the upper 90s with plus stuff. I mean, this is a – it's, it's built for how you have to win in today's game and how you have to win in today's game in the playoffs. And you talk about built, uh, different looks too, right, in the bullpen because you can't just have one, you know, five guys who all do the same thing. And when I look at the options available in the bullpen, this is matchup land, right? When you get to the postseason, Hawk, they've got the different matchups out there and the different guys who can do different types of things. Yeah, you're right. Different arm angles and you just giving, like you said, giving uh, the opposing hitters a different look. And I think – it goes back to roster construction and all that. All those things are taken into consideration. They are definitely taken into consideration. And who is at the level below us in St. Paul or Double A, who at some point during the season can come up and help the team with a different look also. Yeah, and a lot of guys have been asked, and they've all answered the bell, you know, coming up and joining. I want to talk about moments. This is a game of moments, especially for fans. I felt like we all had a moment here Friday night. You know, it got a little tense there, a little bit of a roller coaster in the ninth inning, which was almost fitting for the way that the season has gone. But this crowd of 32,000-plus was on its seat. The town was on its ear. What are some of the watershed moments this season for, for each of you individually? I mean, we got about 15 that <laughs> we go down. I mean, you talk about Waller's Grand Slam for his hometown team. You talk about the walk-off. You talk about the 10 walk-offs, Farmer's walk-off. Home opener. At home, right? right? Home opener. You got Pablo Lopez's opening day start after the trade for Louis Arise. I mean, just so many. There's so many storylines. And I think, for me, the biggest thing that stands out more, maybe big picture, but the rookies coming up. And, and you know, you expected to get production from this guy and that guy. And, and, and all of a sudden, some spots open up. And, and you figure Miranda was going to be one of those guys yeah. taking another step and has dealt with an injury all year and, and an op- opportunity opened up for someone else. And it's it's I think the rookies, like Julian, the way he sets the tone at the top, his ability to take walks, he can do some things, he can – you know, punish you. You got Walner, who didn't look like there was a clear path to playing time for him, and he fought his way into the lineup. Basically, you know, he dominated in Triple A, and, and so you have these guys that came in, and you're going to need that on every team. If you're going to win, you, there's going to be some surprises. There's going to be some guys who you didn't see how they had a path to playing time, who all of a sudden get a shot and then take advantage of it. But for me, I think it's been the rookies what they've done to kind of ignite this offense. I think he stole your thunder, didn't he? Well, yeah, I can't. I, can't, I don't have anything to follow after that, Justin. <laughs> you summed it up in a nutshell. I'll, I'll throw this on the rookie part too. Eddie Julian, what he does top of the lineup is is phenomenal. But his improvement from his first day up here until recording the final out to clinch the division defensively, that to me is kind of the underlying story here. Is that it's not just they're here; everyone's just ready out of the box to be a division champion. The work that was put in because. Latroy, Eddie Julian 
second base, first day up here, maybe doesn't make that play. Eddie Julian, who takes 100 ground balls from Tony Diaz five hours before every game, makes that play and wins the division. Well, you're right, but I, you know, I, I spend time with our minor league, so I don't ever want to exclude the minor league development yeah, that's part where it of starts, it. Right? Yeah, it starts there, and he. And as many as he's taken here since he's been here at the major league level, he took 10 times as many as since the day we drafted him. So it, a lot goes into that process. A lot of people have helped him get better at second base. And, you know, I always love to give our minor league guys their prop because at the end of the day, that's where these guys come from. They don't come yeah. here completely ready to play, but, man, without them – they wouldn't be here. And then once they get here, have to keep getting better, which you have which to keep done. working. We can't not talk about Mr. Grand Slam. Uh, Royce was even sporting the Patty Mahomes jersey for you the other day on the road in Chicago in your in your honor. But what Royce brings to any room he walks into, whether it's a baseball clubhouse or not, has been, I think, a, a palpable difference in addition to the fact that he's driven in like a thousand runs in the second half of the season. I just think the you know what he what he brings to the team his personality, the work ethic, you know, guys see what he's been through in the short time he's been in professional baseball, his trials, tribulations, and they respect that and they gravitate towards him because, you know, a lot of times when you're young, you don't get to go through a whole lot. You know, you start having your real struggles once you get to the big leagues and, you know, and everybody wants to drive, have a nice house and drive a nice car. So they're out to get you. But I think, what he brings just oozes out on everybody else, and it's it, what he has is it's good. It, it's good, and it's it's not fake. It is the most authentic um, version of himself that everybody loves. If everybody was as comfortable in their own skin as Royce Lewis, we, the world would be a harmonious place because that guy is as authentic as they come. Another big factor here, we love to talk on the young guys, but, Justin, the switch that flipped for Max Kepler, and I go back to the sweep in Tampa Bay, when Max found his smile again and just went back to being the Max, I think all of us knew for a long time, really prior to probably 2020, when he kind of went into a, a bit of a funk on the field and, 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 and was fighting some things, Max coming back to becoming the productive and happy Max Kepler, that changed the tone of this as well, combined in particular with Jorge Polanco rejoining the club. And those two guys who, what, roomed together as 16-year-olds you know, back in Fort Myers, I thought they were kind of the steady presence for this offensive club second half of the season yeah I think it's kind of pretty easy to overlook with you know everyone wants what's new right you've got Royce Lewis and the Grand Slams and and the rookies and that's the storyline but you wouldn't be where you're at without you're right that steady presence of Polanco and Kepler and especially Kepler the way he's I mean very rarely do you see a guy turn his season around in the middle of it the way Kepler has and I think you're right it's it's he's just enjoying it I think Sometimes you get caught up in, in chasing past success. I think that year he put together in, in 19, was a 32 home runs and everything else. And, and I think sometimes even though you expect it out of yourself, you also feel the pressure that everyone else expects it, right? And, and you get kind of caught up in, in chasing something that, that was in the past. And, you know, you're, you deal with injuries and your body moves differently and, and you maybe slow down a hair but you gain experience, so you're supposed to be able to translate that experience. And I think he's been able to just figure out who he is and what he wants to do. And he's found a way to enjoy playing baseball. And I think it was talked about that closed-door meeting. I think the All-Star break, having a few days off, and then just coming back out of that. And, and all of a sudden, you're right, the joy. It seems like he's having fun playing the game again. And I think when you're struggling as a team, you're struggling as an offense, you're struggling as a, as a player, it's hard not to take that home with you, and it's hard not to, you know, take yesterday's pressure and put it on today even though whatever you do today doesn't change yesterday right so it's 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 a, such a hard game because it happens every day 
You know, baseball, it never stops, right? You play every single day, and it's so hard to separate yesterday from today. But I think that's what he's done a great job and is, yeah, yesterday's done. The first half of the season is done. The last two years are done. Everything that, that happened in the past is in the past. And I think he's just done a, such a great job of, of living in the present and just trying to help do whatever he can to win a ball game today. And, and then doing it with a smile on his face makes it that much more enjoyable, for, I think, for him, but for everyone watching, too. Like Bill Vec once said, somebody wins, somebody loses. Tomorrow we get to all start over from scratch and do it all over again. We'll take a break. We'll come back on Inside Twins. Latroy Hawkins, Justin Morna. We're talking playoffs when we return. Welcome back to Inside Twins. Very special edition here in our network headquarters. Justin Morneau is here. Latroy Hawkins is here. Hawk was on the last Twins team to win a postseason series. And Justin Morneau played in the last game the Twins won in the postseason. And Justin, here's the lineup that day. By the way, you went 0 for 4. Uh, it was Stewart, <laughs> Glad I helped. Jones, Hunter, Morno, Koski, Lou Ford DHing, Christian Guzman, Cuddy played second, Henry Blanco caught, and Johan was dominant, and then Rincon and Nathan buttoned it up. And this is going to be a topic, and people bring it up every year, and every year people say, well, that wasn't us, that wasn't us. I'm taking a different tact. I like to lean into it, and I like to say what Kyle Farmer said on the field the other day. We're going to win a game, and when that win happens – that's a win for Henry Blanco and for Justin Morneau and for Latroy Hawkins and everyone who put on a Twins uniform before. And I kind of hope that's the approach they take is an aggressive lean into it as opposed to a, it's not us. I think you see it when the Red Sox broke their curse, right? They Those guys just sort of embraced that and just said, we're going to, you know, flip the bird to the, all this history and everyone putting this jinx on us and everything else. And, and they said, you know, we're yeah, that happened. It has nothing to do with us, but we're going to find a way to, to, to break it so we don't have to talk about it anymore. And I think, you know, you it's tough because in a lot of other sports you have some type of losing that gets highlighted, right? This is a playoff streak. It's not like you've had 20 consecutive losing seasons or you've missed right. the playoffs all those times. right? So, like, I, I think for people look at it, I don't want to say a laughing stock, but it's, it's, it's just something that's highlighted and it's – it's a team that has had a run of success with division titles and making the playoffs. It's not like you've made the playoffs you once in the last 20 years. You have to be good yeah, to right? lose <laughs> But for me, it's just another opportunity for people to complain about something. <laughs> well, it's I'll well be the said. first to say it. I, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have no qualms about saying it. They just want to complain about something. And you know what? This team is not that team. Every time they make the playoff, they have an opportunity to break that streak. Yeah, that's <laughs> what you want. They have to break that streak. Plain and simple. we got to go out. We – I don't think the teams that the teams that we've had in the past that made the playoffs are as good as this team. I think this it's team. It's been a long time. It's been yeah. a long time. We have weapons. I mean, our rotation, the bullpen, it looks, it looks good. It looks really good. As opposed to looking into other teams, you're looking at drives like, uh, what do we have after Santana comes off? Like, no, well, you know what? We got to get the Nathan. We have yeah. to get like it. Don't this doesn't feel like that. This is like. We got this, 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 but okay, yeah, we looking good tonight. But I, see, like for me, I think the other thing, this isn't, <laughs> I didn't bring this up to talk about myself, but if you look <laughs> back at all the years we've made the playoffs, there's been one key piece missing and sometimes two of every time we've tried to match up with the Yankees, Yankees with three times the payroll or whatever it is, right? Somebody's been missing. Like Buck was hurt. He had the migraines, you know, the playoffs. And, and you know, this year it's you're going to have to get Lewis – and hopefully Buxton and Correa healthy because that those three guys match up match you up with anybody in baseball, right? And and Tana was hurt, and Joe Nathan was hurt. Nina was hurt, missed the playoffs. Oh six, if we have Lariano on that rotation, there's no one-two punch better in the game of baseball. 
Lariano gets hurt at the end of the year. So like you look at a, it's Urban like Santana we went in the wild card. Yeah, game. I mean you it's go into this team. right, and, and you're you're going to battle, but you don't have all your you know all your soldiers to go there with you, right? I right. Mean, so this year, I think that's the other feel. It's, it seems different. Is you know you're optimistic these guys are going to be able to come back, but you also have some depth to cover if not everyone's not able to do it, right? It's a little different feel in that way for me. So I think the matchups. You match up, I think, with any team in baseball when when everybody's healthy, and I think it's just you've been shorthanded almost every series we've gone into of of a key piece to match up with somebody else, and and I think that's that's part of why I think I feel differently about this team right now too. Houston, Texas, Toronto, Seattle, four clubs. Any particular club that you would like to see over another, or does it matter? I think we play well against Texas. We've shown that we, you know, Texas doesn't. It doesn't, doesn't scare anybody. It doesn't scare anybody, and definitely not the Minnesota Twins. So, I mean, just because of our record against them, I'm I'm very comfortable with our guys. But you know what? I, I'm comfortable against them playing against anybody now. Because there's an what, answer. There's a matchup answer, Yes. Right? I mean, our rotation is Same as Seattle. Legit. Right? Like yeah. Seattle and us, is the rotation think, ERA is very similar, right? I think it, those two a, teams are like looking in the mirror. Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. streaky Powerful at times, back end of the bullpen. Strikeouts on offense, but home runs on offense. Explosive at time with superstar talent, but also sometimes those bats go to sleep for inexplicable stretches. I think those two teams are, are very, very similar. And it's possible that's going to be the issue in the playoffs mm-hmm. because the pitching is so much better. Like, you're going to have to figure out how to push across one, two, maybe yeah. three runs. I don't envision it being six, seven runs scored unless something no. – just wacky now you've happens. done it. You've trudged through all the rounds, right, Hawk? You've seen in your career how how it amps up as you advance oh, yeah. through the postseason. And there is a truth to that, right? Offensively, nothing's easy. Uh, you've got to figure out multiple ways to score. Yeah, you just can't be one-dimensional. Like, if, you're, if your team is built around hitting the ball out of the ballpark, it's a good chance it's not going to happen in the playoffs. It's a good chance. I'm not saying it's impossible, but you're going to have to figure out how to score runs without hitting the ball out of the ballpark. You have to do it. You have to do it. I don't think there's been one team that I remember, and I'm not a big, I'm not the biggest baseball historian, but like in the playoffs, you have to figure out how to score without hitting the ball out because it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah, and you got to be versatile. You got to be versatile, and you got to be deep, right? We keep talking about that depth, and there's always seemingly a guy that you weren't thinking about. Who comes through, whether it's a Louis Varlin in his new role out of the bullpen, whether it's Paddock who's activated today. You need those guys, don't you, Justin? Yeah, and I, I think for this roster, the way it's built and the way it was managed through the whole year, we said we're going to pinch it, we're going to look for two matchups, and we're going to try to find a way to get the most out of our roster. And in the first half, it was a struggle. And I mm-hmm. think guys took it personally when they were getting pinch hit for. Guys, nobody wants to get pinch hit for. But then at the same time, once you start to understand why everything's happening and you're trying to get these matchups and, and he might pinch hit for you today, but then you're going to pinch hit for him tomorrow. And I think guys have kind of bought into that. And I think that's going to be a way in the playoffs in the postseason to win because they've had success with it in the second half and they've seen how it actually has a positive impact and how it can help, help them win ball games. So it makes it that much more difficult to manage against us because you go, okay, we're going to make this move in the sixth, but then you're going to have to deal with whether it's Kirloff coming off the bench or somebody with some power, some pop. I mean, the offense is – the home runs are spread across the roster and the spots in the batting order. So there's there's just a – it's it's a way that this team has come together and you can see the closeness of it and the togetherness of it and, and these guys just playing for each other. And if it's not me, I'm happy for you. And there's not a lot of selfish stuff going on. And it seems like these guys have all bought into it. And I think that's part of what can carry you in the postseason too. When, when you're just as happy for the guy's success next to you as you are for your own, you're in a pretty good spot. And that's why I feel like they are. Yeah, you have to be. And you've got this mix also veterans, 
young guys who maybe have never experienced it who are going to be not overwhelmed by it, I think. I think they're just going to bull charge right on into it, and it's going to be fun to watch. I know you guys got some TV duties. Uh, you got makeup uh, waiting for you, hair and makeup outside. <laughs> Thank you for coming down and joining us, guys. Uh, always great to hear your insights uh, on everything baseball, and appreciate you having, having you down here today. Thank right, you. That's the Troy Hawkins, Justin Morton. We got one more segment. We'll wrap it up next. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Chris Atterbury, welcoming you back to Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. How memories are created, legends are made. Great to have Twins legends Justin Morneau and Latroy Hawkins sharing their wisdom, their wit, and their memories about not only the season but also what's to come in the postseason. Uh, and uh, always great to check in with them and their keen insight. And uh, again, finger on the pulse of what's going on with this Twins organization. Twins today trying to do something they haven't done since 2019. That's win a series from the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Joe Ryan's going to get the start today. It's going to be Andrew Wance. Wance rhymes with pants. That's how they put it uh, in their uh, pronunciation guy. Rhymes with pants. As such, a lot of left-handers in the lineup and we'll cover all of that as part of the pregame lineup card coming up in just a couple of minutes. Also, Chris Paddock is active. He will be back on the active roster. We'll hear from Rocco on that note. Who's to say maybe Maybe the Sheriff actually is near and rides right in and pitches today for the Minnesota Twins in what would be his first action since May 8th of 2022. So a lot going on. We appreciate you being with us to kick off a long day of Minnesota Twins baseball, which should be a great day of Minnesota Twins baseball. As always, our thanks to LaTroy Hawkins and Justin Morneau for joining us here on Inside Twins. We do ask you to stick around. You're in the right spot. The pregame lineup card is coming up next right here on your home for Twins baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 